0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Margie Papp-Steinmetz for this edition of Caregiver Speak. Well, welcome to all of you, and I'm going to be introducing a wonderful guest, talking about finding joy and comfort with a wellness garden. So, as usual, uh, this show is going to be about caregiver respite and tips um, for gaining caregiver respite. I want to thank ECare Diary, our show's sponsor, and encourage you to go on their website and on my website, mycaregivingcoach.com, where you're going to find lots more caregiver resources. So uh, with that, let me introduce our guest, Doug McGinnis. Doug McGinnis began his love of gardening when he helped his grandmother in her garden when he was six years old. He soon became the family's main gardener and today helps others design and build gardens and food plots. His family has deep roots here in Florida, in Florida agriculture, and until recently he was the president of Tropical Blossom Honey Company. Don't you just love it? I mean, imagine spending a good bit of your life... um, you know, producing honey and propagating and sending it all over the world. Um, Tropical Blossom still exists. It's a beekeeping and honey packing company um, marketing Florida honey throughout the world. He served on the National Honey Board and other beekeeping industry groups. We're going to ask him about that in a little while. And he's raising funds for a bee research facility at the University of Florida. Uh, Doug also serves on the Board of Trustees at Atlantic Center for the Arts in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. And there he also maintains beehives and lectures on the native and historically important Florida plant life found there. Um, So he's eminently qualified today to guide us as caregivers in creating a wellness garden. So, Doug, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Marjorie. It's great to be here.
0: So let's just begin by, what do you mean by a wellness garden?
1: Well, you know, um, I've gardened most of my life, and um, I have garden areas all around my house, and it's one of the things I have a passion for. But I have a very special place, uh, a garden room right outside my kitchen window, and I I've noticed recently that uh, it's the place I go to first thing in the morning where I can look out and I can see this little space I've created and uh, hear the birds singing and notice if there's butterflies and bees around the flowers and just a few minutes of watching this natural scene um, it it, it just puts my mind at rest and gives me some optimism for the day and uh, it also you know reminds me of things that have brought comfort to me in life. And then later in the evening when I come home after a stressful day, I, I, I love to sit out there and I have just a small space there and um, uh, breathe in the fragrance of the flowers and the air and hear the, the birds again, and it just immediately takes that uh, stress away. So it's that special sort of restorative space that helps me gain perspective and it's it's easy to create it's a place that anyone can create that helps restore balance and combat stress it's really good for the caregiver who is going through so much stress and it helps the person that they're caring for also
0: absolutely and on this program we've even had shows about breathing and sitting quietly and how restorative just breathing is. So um, putting breathing into the wellness garden. And uh, for us here in Florida, I'm sorry to tell some of you listening, it is already spring. For many of you, I know that there's probably in a snowstorm, but spring is right around the corner. So to I know Doug's uh, tips. We're going to help you think about how to create this special wellness garden. Doug, I have to comment before we uh, go any further that you are a huge believer in health, the health benefits of honey. So I would have to ask, while you're sitting near or beside this wellness garden, I bet you have a nice big tablespoon of the best honey every morning.
1: I do, <laughs> and it's really, um, you know, you can have it with tea. Um, but I always go for local honey. When when you ask what is the best honey, it's always something that I've usually found from a beekeeper I know nearby or some I've created for myself. And it's something I always recommend people to do as far as health-wise goes, is to find that local beekeeper that will produce uh, honey in your area. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of science behind How um, restorative honey is, and how it helps allergies. But I do know that allergists have often sent people into our place to purchase honey, and people come back and tell me how much it it does for them. So just from the hundreds of people that have told me that, I know that there's something to it. And uh, it's it's just it's just uh, it's nature's most perfect food. That's the only way I can I can talk about it. So uh, yeah, it's it's a wonderful thing.
0: Absolutely. So, um, if I now, so now I'm I'm there, Doug. I want to create a wellness garden. You've convinced me. How do I go about starting to do that? What What are the elements I need to create a wellness garden?
1: And first of all, let me let me say that whether you are outside or it's a place you can look outside, I like to think of starting the process. Is, is finding your own window and letting the outside in. And it, it's, it's a small space. It's a comforting space. It could be a balcony with a few pots of flowers or herbs or a garden room made into your own personal uh, retreat. But um, there's just a few things that are just the very basics. Um, first of all, it's the amount of light that it receives. Um, flowers require five or six hours of light every day um, And if your spot is shady Then you might look to foliage plants That have color and texture And uh, um, there are some flowers that bloom in the shade But, um, you know, things what like palladium. What, what
0: are those that would bloom in the shade? Sorry to interrupt you, Doug But sure. what would
1: flowers? Uh, some of my favorites are azaleas and camellias Uh, As as far as annuals go, um, depending on the season, and that's another part of the whole scheme. Uh, But um, uh, impatiens like to bloom in the shade. Um, Orchids like to bloom in a a, uh, a semi-shady place. The main thing is is a simplicity to the design. You don't need a lot. Uh, Maybe a few places to sit. Uh, a nice little um, ground um, area, whether it's mulch or a paver patio or something like that, Um, and just a few flowers and they can be in pots. Um, Another good uh, tip is to have easy access to water because you don't want to have to drag water from a long distance away. So um, uh, try to have it where you can have a hose nearby or uh, at least um, a watering can uh, that can be filled up. Because you want to make this as low maintenance as possible. Uh, if, you, if you don't have access to water, you can consider uh, drought-tolerant plants uh, and succulents like aloe and, and uh, some flowers like that. Um, they, I mean, they do flower. So the main thing is small, intimate, cozy, make the space just as easy to, to maintain as possible, but that's not saying that you might occasionally need to weed the area, and uh, I always like weeding. Weeding is one of my favorite things, so if I have some weeds... Uh, and the, when I come home in the afternoon and i 've had a really stressful day, and there 's some weeds out there, I go in and just take out all my aggressions on the weeds, pull them up and um, and it it just I feel better about the whole thing so um, a, a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, action required actually is good. You get a little bit of exercise, and it 's something uh, that the person you 're caring for can help out too. Um, you know, it's it's just creating an intimate space that's easy to maintain, that you can access to easily, and uh, you can enjoy.
0: Well, I love all of that. And uh, my mother always loved weeding. I wasn't particularly crazy about it. But your <laughs> whole notion of, you know, you can kind of take out some of your stresses is a good one, I think. So I'll, I'll think about therapy. that. It's great therapy. But I also love your suggestion about involving our loved ones, our care partners in the process. And from the very beginning, you know, where should we have this small space and what flowers should we use and what, you know, to kind of go through the process you've just taken us through and to the extent that one can to involve that uh, loved one. In the decision making, I love that suggestion, Doug.
1: And, and it's so evocative. Uh, you know, a lot of times the the plants that we love are actually the plants that we have memories of as a child, as as, as a, a flower our grandmother might have had, and that involves fragrance too. By the way, um, when you uh, the idea of bringing fragrance into the garden, and I'm not particularly talking about overpowering fragrance, but there's something about the smell of a beautiful rose or something that, that brings up a memory of one's childhood. I think it's so insightful uh, to have um, sensory clues around the garden uh, with, with fragrance and the scent of herbs when you crush them and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, it really is, um, you know, it's, it's a way of going back in time. It's a way of going back to a simpler time, uh, and that rests your own mind. and particularly, um, it's it's so good for those being cared for uh, to to think of those uh, more restful, peaceful times. Uh, and And some interesting childhood memories often come up.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you just conjured up the African violet for me. We grew mm-hmm. up in the north, and so during the cold of the winter, Um, my mother and aunts always had African violets. It was sort of the thing. And, um, you know, I've always loved violets ever since. And I can't remember whether they have a fragrance. Do they have a fragrance? Not
1: much of a fragrance, but they sure are beautiful. And, you know, when I'm talking about finding your own window, that's the thing for me. The trick about African violets is always they need a particular window. I can't grow them at my house, but here at my business, I have a window where I've got like six or eight of them growing. In fact, I have to give them away. They multiply so fast. When a leaf comes off, I make another one. But it's just because they're in the right window. So uh, it's, yeah. that, it's that and often a kitchen window provides that environment.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's right. So light, water, low maintenance, you've mentioned fragrance. Are there other considerations? Uh, or just other things to think about, and other things where you could ask your loved one, you know, what they thought about certain things.
1: Definitely. One thing is the seasonality aspect, and, um, you know, having a few things that bloom at different times of the year. I mentioned azaleas and spring bulbs, they'll bloom first thing, and then um, summertime. You're going to have um, a lot of annual flowers, which you can pick up very inexpensively, and, and roses also bloom. Then, But a garden should be year-round, whether you're sitting in it or watching it from a distance. Um, in the autumn, you're going to have things like mums, and um, you're going to have, uh, in many parts of the country, you're going to have leaf colors changing. And then winter sometimes can be even though it's cold out there, when you're looking out at a, a tableau of of um, tree barks that are in interesting shapes and and just the, the starkness along with the with snow, it creates a, another mood. It's it's creating a palette. Um, and uh, it's and once again, if the space is small enough, it's something you can put a lot of creativity into, and uh, um, those you're caring for can can help out um, and uh, I, I want to bring in edibles because I think that's um, important thing too. Um, uh, there are you know uh, lots of vegetables that have interesting uh, floral i mean interesting leaf shapes and color almost as, as, as beautiful as flowers. Um, and uh, there, that's another thing that brings a great deal of satisfaction if you're growing herbs or vegetables that you can actually pick a leaf or two and eat or, or pick a little cherry tomato off. And that's another thing that's fun to get everyone in the family involved. And uh, um, so um, even edibles can, can work their way into your wellness garden.
0: That's a that's just great, and I, it reminds me. I'd also I remind our listeners that we've had a couple programs where uh, we've encouraged caregivers to do creative exercises. Uh, I brought Master Artisan who said, you know, take the colors and the shapes of vegetables and flowers, and and do a, a creative, artful exercise where. You're creating poetry or perhaps singing a song or whatever, uh, drawing of these things, um, whatever the, uh, the loved one would like to do, uh, is follow, following their lead, and that all of these things can be stimulants for the creative in both of you. So, you know, and that works so well with the wellness garden as well.
1: And you're bringing taste into it, too. You know, if, if there's something you can reach down and pick a leaf off and nibble, um, there, there there's another sensory um, uh, application there. Um, that, um, another thing is um, um, night gardens, um, It is possible also uh, with the new solar kind of patio lights you can have. uh, You can even sit out there in a summer evening, uh, and there are flowers that bloom at night. Often they have fragrance, and they're usually white, and you can put white uh, pattern foliage around there, Um, and it's, it's, and, and, uh, it's very gorgeous, too. Uh, they will often attract moths, which um, uh, can be unusual in themselves. But I need to mention, since I'm in uh, this uh, business in life with honeybees, that uh, it's it's great to attract pollinators. And one of my favorite things in the garden is to have flowers that attract uh, bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds. And it's such a delight to have them visit the garden when you're looking at it or sitting in it. And uh, once again, everyone enjoys it. And it's quite easy to do to just put some uh, potted flowers or groups of flowers that attract pollinators. And you, in fact, attract, attract pollinators to your entire neighborhood by just planting a few flowers.
0: That's great to know. You know. Um, Butterflies seem to be something that many of our care partners um, are just drawn to. The butterfly is, I guess, that symbol of hope and life and going through stages and changes. And so butterflies are, I think, fascinating on so many levels, Doug.
1: I, I Recently I just purchased a plant. Um, uh, from a nursery, and when I brought it home, I found a chrysalis uh, was on it. The, the, and uh, I was so excited because it would be the first thing I'd go out every morning um, and and see if the hummingbird, I mean the butterfly, had come out of the uh, out of the chrysalis. And sure and sure enough, one day I went out there, and there it is. It's it's brown and open, and I looked, and right by it was a monarch butterfly so oh. there that was it was so and was just kind of stretching its wings uh but that's that's um uh, one thing to mention about butterflies is uh you need to plant a few uh flowers uh that provide nectar to the butterfly but also larval food for the caterpillars the the caterpillar stage is very important and um milkweed is an excellent plant for monarch butterflies anything like um parsley uh, dill uh, fennel those kind of herbs that's another one swallowtail butterflies they're they larvae like them so providing both of those plants you're going to get butterflies to your area and uh, and they will be seasonal and they'll come up at different times of the year but the, the beauty of watching the butterflies is uh, just it, it's so calming to me and and it's like you're you're escaping into their world for a few minutes when you're looking at them flying around
0: cool well and this will this will uh bring forth my gardening naivete and ignorance, but our milkweed parsley and fennel are are those um um what you know do they if you plant them once, will they come back? Are they annuals, or do you have to replant those every year? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, milkweed is a perennial. It may freeze to the ground, but it will come back. And the other thing is um, uh, there's uh, several types of milkweed, and you have different uh, milkweeds for different areas, but, uh, um, and you can find out through your local extension agency or a good local nursery can advise you on that. But um, um, uh, herbs like fennel and dill and things like they are what they call biennials. They will last for two years. The second year they'll have a, uh, a flower stalk. And in both cases, with both the milkweed and the herbs, when they have the flowers and then they'll get pollinated, they will also produce seeds. That will uh, spread around your garden, so just a few milkweed plants you'll have enough milkweeds growing around your garden forever if you get a few plants started and and the same way um, i have I have little offsets of fennel and dill all over my garden just because I started a few plants a few years ago it's It's a continuing thing. you create the environment that is conducive to the plants, and the insects come. And they keep coming back. They, you, you're creating an environment for nature to thrive and sustain, and that's what we all want. And particularly we need that now. We need that peace and, and solitude and beauty of nature to help us in our own lives.
0: Very well said. And, you know, you've um, explained this for me, Doug, today, that says, you know, the, the layers of richness that this small, as you said, intimate, cozy garden, our small wellness garden, can create for us. There are these levels of richness that we may not have right off the bat, but we begin with the basics and then we keep adding um, and then, you know, being knowledgeable about how to keep cultivating that wellness garden, that the richness will just keep sustaining us over time.
1: Marjorie, I think it, it really brings us pride when we can see the the results of gardening. And, you know, gardening can be kind of ephemeral. Things grow and they die, and then we, we grow more. And But by watching that process and even growing some of the things that we eat, there's increasing pride over what you've done, what you've accomplished. And in a very small way, this really helps those you're caring for, too. Um, It just brings a sort of satisfaction and a release from the frustrations of life. And I couldn't do without my garden. And wherever I am in life, I'm always going to be trying to grow something, even though sometimes I don't succeed. You know, it, it doesn't always work. But yeah. uh, at least I've tried, and the and the very effort has really helped me in life.
0: Well, it's it, yeah, it's good to note that yeah, because really, for me, I mean, I have killed a few indoor plants in my <laughs> lifetime. But you know, I think the process of life and death is also something that also reminds us, all of us on a caregiving journey or on life's journey, that that is a process that's the realistic part of the journey. And I, I think a garden helps us come to terms with that journey that we're all on. So we have just a few minutes left, if you would believe, Doug. But wow. I want to ask you, um, what's, what's the overall top element in creating a wellness garden? Um, just the, the big picture that you would like to leave us all with.
1: Yeah, and I think there, there's one particular important consideration, and that is access. Um, you need to make sure um, the garden is easily accessible. Um, if you are uh, creating edibles, you might want to make sure you have raised beds. In fact, raised beds where they're raised up where there's not a lot of leaning and, and uh, uh, bending over is a good idea having that water access. So spend a little time looking for and making sure it's, it's a place that you will access and you will want to access, you know, every day you have a chance. Um, that, and you can, eat, uh, you can get a lot of help then again, if you have a local nursery uh, in your area, um, there's gonna be some experts out there that can really give you some hints about how to design something that's easy to access, that you've got, the you know, the right type of seating, um, just a couple of chairs and a table, or uh, if you want a water feature or something like that. There's a lot of help out there, but making it easy to access, safe to access uh, for those that you're caring for, that's number one.
0: That's a great, great, important tip, you know, um, That is criteria number one. Can I get to it and is it safe? That's terrific. Anything else you'd like to share with us before we sign off today?
1: Well, all in all, I just think that bringing people into nature helps. It helps us all get through life. I have always had gardens, and a lot of people tell me they can't grow anything and every time I show them about it, um, it they realize how, how really easy it is uh, it's the same for uh, you know a lot of people are afraid of honeybees and when I bring them out and realize and they realize that honeybees are, are doing their own thing but they, in the process they're pollinating all of, all of the crops we eat and the flowers that we, we have um, and they're, they're not out to get us it It's learning lessons about life, and we learn about ourselves and it's just very it's it's a therapeutic and a sensory experience that I want everyone to participate in um, It can help so much
0: Well, Doug, it is a pleasure to know you, and uh, you have brought all of us such rich information today. I liked your idea about you know, I never, I don't, for some reason, it never crossed my mind exactly. There are people there to help at nurseries. There are, there are people, if you go up to a person and say, you know, I've never created a garden before. Can you help me create something that's small and cozy and, and you know, and speaks to me and my loved ones at home and help me do this? You're going to get some help. I think that's a terrific yes. tip to give us.
1: So, and wherever you are in the world, um, you can find that person. Every location is going to be different. Every climate is going to be different. But there's be- there's beauty everywhere. There's beauty in every climate, and there's something to learn about nature wherever we live.
0: Oh, terrific. Well, thank you so much for being as our my guest and our guest here on the show today, Doug. And uh, thank you. To all of our listeners out there, I hope you've been enriched today by Doug's message and all the wonderful tips he's given us. And I want to remind everybody that this show, as always, will be archived. It will be up on eCare Diaries' website as well as my Caregiving Coach website. So please do access it. Uh, Listen to it again. Share it with your friends. And we wish all of you a wonderful day. Thanks again, Doug, and happy gardening, everybody.
1: Thanks so much, Marjorie.
0: Bet bye bye.